Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios and Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chuckery Show hanging out with you on this Thursday evening, 404-726-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. By the way, we are talking with Bob uh, just a minute ago. Uh, we'll get to Falcons Flyover in just a second. But uh, Sean Murphy, Orlando Arcia, and Ronald Acuna Jr. are three of the starters for the All-Star Game. It's J.D. Martinez at D.H., Murphy behind the plate, Freddie Freeman at first, uh, Luis uh, Arias at uh, second, uh, Nolan Arenado at third, Orlando Arcia at short, um, Corbin Carroll in the outfield for the Diamondbacks, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mookie Betts. That's your starting lineup for the uh, your starters, I should say, not your starting lineup, but your starters for the National League All Star team. So three Braves make the uh, starting all-star, and there'll be a whole bunch of Braves that will be part of the festivities there. Anyway, uh, this should I look, excuse me, night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. Um, happy birthday today to a pro football Hall of Fame player for the Atlanta Falcons, Claude Humphrey. And, you know, it still feels like that Claude Humphrey is sort of lost in the shuffle. You know, I, I know that sacks didn't become – an official stat until 1980. But it seems like he's been kind of lost in the shuffle of great Falcons players, great pass rushers of all time. You know, he, I don't, he doesn't seem like a guy that gets his due. Seems like, you know, outside of a guy like Deacon Jones, because he was such a big personality, right? Such a big personality player. But outside of that, guys that were pass rushers in the old days – don't seem to get a lot of love. You know, it seems like we start with Lawrence Taylor and everybody kind of falls in line, you know, in the pecking order. Do we have that Josh Kendall clip? We have that, we have that clip clip handy? The more you look at the advanced analytics, the more you see how valuable sacks. <sighs> Boy. Yeah. 
Is Claude Humphrey the last pass rusher we ever had? Can I, can I hear that one more time? Did Josh Kendall say that right? Did he, did he say it right? The more you look at the advanced analytics, the more you see how valuable sacks are. Oh, boy. Ha, hasn't there been some day-day? Correct me if I'm wrong. Surely there's been somebody on TV or radio or something that has talked about this very issue for, let's see. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're hold right. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Somebody's talked about this. Let's see. Is it days? No, it's not, not been days. It's been weeks, right? No, it's not been weeks. Months. I know. Month. But no, no. Oh, years. No, no, no. Oh, a decade? Oh, okay. Anyway, um, but Claude Humphrey's a guy who seems like he still gets kind of lost in the shuffle as far as, you know, great defensive line players, great pass rushers and, and stuff. I mean, and again, because the stats are not official, you know, you don't recognize how good some of those guys were. I mean, Deacon Jones had a saying that, you know, he said, look, if they had kept my stats, I'd have had, you know, 200 sacks or whatever the number was. I mean, he... He would have he would have blown everybody away or whatever. So uh, again, a lot of those guys in the old days get lost uh, in the shuffle. All right, this is interesting. The NFL, this is according to USA Today, so they pulled all their writers and all this good kind of stuff, and they ranked by tiers the NFL fan bases. Okay, now day day tier one. Okay, they have in tier one, it's the deer hunters. They they have. The Browns, Steelers, Packers as tier one fan bases in the NFL. Okay. So what, when they say deer hunters, what I, I have no idea. I, again, Robert, are they playing Russian roulette? Are they, <laughs> are they putting a gun up to their brain stem and pulling the trigger like Christopher Walken? Uh, deer Hunter, a very underrated movie, by the way. Yeah. Very underrated movie. Not a, not a feel good movie, but it's a very underrated movie. Christopher Walken was magnificent. Yeah. Again, we think of the Christopher Walken as the goofy kind of comedic guy. Well, he won the Academy Award for that role in The Deer Hunter. It was right. fantastic. And and put the gun up to his head and playing Russian roulette. Um, tier 2. Seahawks, Eagles, Lions, Ravens. Okay? So that's tier number 2. Okay? Mm-hmm. What number tier do you think that the Falcons came in at? What, what's the total number of tiers? Five? Um, the total number of tiers is 10, 10 tiers. Uh, I'm going to say they probably have us, kind of rightfully so, eight or nine. Um, eight. Okay. So here's your tiers. Um, as we said, Seahawks, Eagles, Lions, Ravens, that's tier two. Tier three, Saints, Raiders, 49ers. Tier four, Bills and Broncos. Tier five, Commanders, Bengals, Rams. Tier 6, Buccaneers, Panthers, Colts. Tier 7, the Jaguars. Titans, Bears, Dolphins. I think the top, I think the Dolphins are a better fan base than that, but again, they're one of the great franchises in American League history. Um, then Tier 8, and they, and they call it tomfoolery. Patriots, Falcons, Chargers, Vikings. For the Falcons, they say, kind of passionate, Sometimes a little bit. And they did take a shot at them in the beginning of this article where, and the writer is uh, Mike Freeman, 
from USA Today. He said, um, uh, let's see here. Where where was this? He starts giving fans. He says, we love you too, Cardinals fans, you plucky losers, and you Falcons fans getting to that game 90 minutes late. Maybe a little truthful. You know, again, one o'clock starts have not been our friend by and large. But again, put a winner on the field. Put a winner on the field. We won't have any trouble getting that place, uh, getting that place going. So so they come in number. So here's the interesting thing, though. Like their fan base, they rank the Falcons fan base behind the Saints, Panthers, and Buccaneers. Think that's fair? I'm surprised by about the Saints one. Well, I think the Saints are pretty passionate. I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, for, the- for a long time, that was the only thing in town. And obviously, there is a big connection to Saints football. You yeah. know, again, I know they got the, I know they got the, you know, publicans, you know, now and all that good kind of stuff. But what you call them publicans. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, again, it, that's still the big dog. Yeah, you know, that's we're, true. We're, we're so diverse in our fandom here because of college and pro football. But they, by and large, have LSU and. And the, and the Saints, and that's what they get in that part of the world. I'm just saying. So yeah. we, we, fin- we finished fourth. We finished fourth. In that tier. In our No, we finished fourth in our division. Oh, in the division. Yeah, yeah. I yeah because they, they, they have the Panthers higher than we are. Because wow. they, the, they had the Panthers. What did I say? Um, in uh, Panthers and Buccaneers in Tier 6. Oh, they're in Tier 6. Yeah, they're in 6. They have the Panthers in Tier 6? But I guess it's kind of situation- Another beautiful stadium, and the fan base is pretty good. I covered a lot of games there during the Cam Newton years, and that place would explode. Plus, their mascot, Sir Purr, or Purr, or so Purdy, or Purrs and Boots, is awesome. For the Buccaneers, they say, fan base will be tested in the post-Brady era, the Yuccaneers might be back. Yeah. So they don't even have the Falcons at seven. They've got them at eight. And see, that's I, and this must be a recent. This must be based off a of recent because I was going to say the Buccaneers, like their fan base. I would think the Falcons fan base has been a little more consistent than the Buccaneers. I, I would. I would say so too. I, I would certainly say that the Falcons fan base has been more boisterous than what the Panthers fan yeah. base has been. So. He must be basing this off. Of, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's your guy. That's your guy, Mike Freeman. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Adam Shine talking about. Um, uh, he says, so for five teams that haven't made the playoffs in at least a half a decade, who has the best chance to end the dry spell in the 2023 season? Here's how I rank them from most to least likely. So these are playoff teams that have not made the playoffs over the last half decade, so at least the last five years, okay? Jets come in at number one is the most likely to make the playoffs, okay? That's A.A. Ron and all that good kind of stuff, right? Um, Detroit, number two. Interesting. Um, The Atlanta Falcons come in at number three on this list. Quote, I really like the feel of Arthur Smith's team largely because of, well, Arthur Smith. He's an offensive guru, a detail-obsessed workaholic. That's why Atlanta is in almost every game it plays, regardless of opponent. Some people dwell on the fact that he's gone 7-10 and 10 in each of his first two seasons in the big chair. I still think the world of Smith and believe he'll benefit greatly 
from a highly productive season, uh, a productive offseason in Atlanta. I love how GM Terry Fontenot attacked the free agency in the draft. Let's start with the latter, where the Falcons boldly selected B. John Robinson at number eight. Obviously, uh, absolutely love the pick. Miss me with the positional value talk. Robinson's a unique offensive weapon who will drive uh, defense coordinators crazy right off the bat. You think it's going to be uh, fun game planning against an offense that has Bijan, Drake, Pitts, Cordero, Patterson, and getting back to free agency for a second, Fontenot improved the defense at every level, adding guys like Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, and safety Jesse Bates. I think the Falcons can win 10 games this year and make their make the playoffs via the wild card. So, again, he doesn't think they're going to win the division. Uh, then he has the Broncos and the Panthers, number five. So, obviously, when you look at these five teams, Day-Day, the thing that stands out to you is, we. I mean, again, since the Falcons can't play themselves, three of the four teams are in uh, on our schedule this year, right? We're going to see the Jets later on in the year. Obviously, we'll see the Panthers twice. And then right before we go to London, we see the Detroit Lions. Who'd they draft the last two years? Who'd they, who'd they, did they draft anybody on their offensive or defensive lines? Mm, yeah, they did. I think if I can remember who. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson and Penesul. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, do we have that Josh Kendall clip handy anywhere? You can play that. The more you look at the advanced analytics, the more you see how valuable sacks are. Hmm. Hmm. I, I surely... Surely, Data, there, there, there had to be somebody saying this for years and years and years and years. Sure, uh, and again, when everybody was telling me sacks don't matter, sacks aren't important, blah 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 blah. Surely, somebody. I can't remember. Let me let me hear that clip one more time. The more you look at the advanced analytics, right? The more you see how valuable sacks are. Really? Huh? Huh? Okay. All right, I know. I, I, it's at the tip of my tongue. Uh, somebody, somebody's been talking about this for years now, giving you the stats, giving you the facts, giving you the numbers. Surely somebody has done it. I can't, can't. I, it, it'll come to me it, at some point. It'll uh, like I know I'm brain dead, you know, with with the stroke and everything. But it, it eventually it will come to me when when we get all that. So anyway, but. Uh, but look, I, I definitely think that the Falcons can be a playoff team. They, they have a last place schedule, right? That's part of it. They've improved their team. That's part of it. Uh, again, there's no reason to. I mean, there's no reason to be pessimistic. Pessimistic about the Falcons. There are certain things about the Falcons to be pessimistic about. Certain aspects of this team that, if things go well then they can be an outstanding football club. You know, if we can sack the quarterback, if we can protect our quarterback. Now, there, there are still things that we have questions about. But this has the potential to be an outstanding team. And if we can, um, 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 what what is it? Uh, Day-Day, what, what, uh, if we can the just. The more you uh, look at the uh, advanced oh, analytics, yeah, the uh, more you see how valuable uh, sacks uh, oh, are. Okay. Uh, if we can just do that, right? We can just we can just do that. So, anyway, all right. Uh, when we get back, Ben Ladner going to join us, talk some NBA free agency, and a lot of Hawks. He's from Atlanta, so check me in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, not to the game, the Odyssey.com app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Thursday evening as, well, it looks to be a busy offseason uh, in the NBA. Several moves already, and, of course, the Hawks in the middle of all of that is uh, one of their starting pieces, John Collins. You know, finally rumored, uh, you know, more than just rumor, but finally uh, traded after probably about four years' worth of uh, rumor and innuendo uh, on it. Let's go out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to Ben Ladner. He is the... Basketball writer, analyst for fansided.com. You can follow Ben on his personal Twitter page at bladner underscore. Ben, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes on the show this evening. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I believe you're an Atlanta guy, right? So um, what did you make of the, I guess, promotion of Nick Ressler today where he's going to be, I guess, a direct advisor to Tony Ressler himself i mean how much more influence does this create do you think for nick wrestler within this organization well i mean it, it certainly would suggest a larger amount of influence and a, and a louder voice in the room i mean not, not that he didn't have that already probably because his father is the owner but now to kind of officialize that relationship and, and give him that official kind of right hand seat um to the most powerful person in the organization which of course is for any organization that's the owner um, so, you know, I, I know that a lot of Hawks fans and even non-Hawks fans have kind of speculated about uh, there have been calls of nepotism and, and potential, um, you know, maybe shadiness with his rise through the Hawks organization in recent years. I think that's 
a fair connection to make. I, I honestly don't know that we know enough about Nick Ressler as a decision maker, as a basketball mind at this point, to make heads or tails of whether these are uh, merit-based decisions or not. Um, it seems likely that this that that his relationship with the owner had at least something to do with this, and uh, you know you would think that that would make him probably the second loudest voice in the organization behind his father. And obviously, there's been some some shakeups in the front office in recent years with Travis Schlenk uh, moving out of his general manager role. There's been some turmoil, some some rumors, and, and kind of hard to pin down exactly what's going on there. Um, but this is definitely going to be something to watch, not only this season but beyond, and, and crucially coming into free agency here, and we'll kind of see how the Hawks uh, decide to, to structure their roster around Trey Young and this core this offseason. It's a really pivotal offseason for Atlanta if they want to try to vault themselves into championship contention or at least get closer to that. And so, that you know, this is a – he's kind of stepping into the hot seat here in a way where, you know, he's, he's getting this promotion and it's, it's a positive career move for him. But now he's going to have to back it up with, um, you know, the, his decisions and, and actually doing well on the job. Ben, do you think that Landry Fields has the loudest voice in the room? I mean, I, look, I, I believe that whether it's Nick Ressler, whether it's Quinn Snyder, I mean, look, he didn't take this job just to come in and have no say over personnel. That was I, I talked to everybody in the Utah organization. They all said the same thing. He wanted a say in personnel. So when you hear these things, I, I understand maybe Landry Fields kind of has the final voice, but do you think he has the loudest voice in the room? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard to say without without knowing. I always kind of fall back on the owner being the loudest voice in the room, or at least the most powerful. I, you know, I, I suppose it is possible that that Landry Fields is kind of like the the primary driver of the conversations that go on, and and ultimately the person who brings decisions to the table to then be signed off on by Tony Ressler, the owner, but. Um, it, it's hard to say, and especially with all of the cloudiness and the murkiness uh, that's gone on and all of the different reports we're hearing about Nick Ressler and his amount of influence versus Travis Schlenk and now Landry Fields in the same role. It, it, it's been really difficult to kind of figure out. It, it's not like the Spurs, for instance, where you kind of know that, okay, R.C. Buford was in charge for a really long time, Greg Popovich. And those were the primary decision makers. Those were the principal voices. And then everyone else kind of fell in line beyond, behind that. It, this is a little bit more of a... a a murkier situation and it's just kind of harder to say with any certainty ben ladner basketball writer for fansided.com joining me on the waitfor.com hotline what did you make of the john collins trade did you think it was just a salary dump is the next move the move that helps build the team is this something that was expected i mean kind of give me your thoughts about what you thought about the john collins deal yeah i think a lot of it was salary related obviously he's under a long-term contract um that that will you know he'll he'll be playing on that deal for a long time at a really high annual or average annual value and and i think for the hawks you know that from their perspective i can see how they might convince themselves that they've had john collins for a long time the john collins trey young pairing has been really good but it's never quite been good enough to get them over the top and and collins has been increasingly marginalized over the last few years since trey young really took the reins of the offense and so it could kind of be a mutually beneficial thing in a lot of ways where the, the Hawks are like John Collins does not have the room in the Hawks offensive environment to live up to the money that they're paying him and that they invested in him. And from his perspective, it's like now he gets to break free of that environment, play in a different context and potentially play with some more freedom. So I think from the Hawks perspective, it was largely about 
not only getting off of his money, but then giving themselves flexibility to potentially spend that money elsewhere. I mean, it's not an exact one-for-one equivalent in terms of, like, now they're going to have the exact amount of John Collins' contract to spend, but they will free themselves up a little bit financially, and the, the next shoe to drop will be how they spend that money that they've now created for themselves. And then I think from John Collins' perspective, you know, this is a needed change for him. Obviously, his, his name has been on the trade block for, you know, it feels like two decades at this point, like his entire career in Atlanta. And, you know, I think for him, he's probably glad to be in a situation now where there's a little bit less defined of an offensive hierarchy. And so he might have a little bit more freedom. I think he's a really good offensive big man. And I think, obviously, we know him as a role man and, a, and a, at times kind of a pick and pop four or five combo big man. But, but I actually think he can do a lot offensively and, and fit into a lot of different contexts and be used in a lot of different roles. And so I'm actually really excited to see how the Jazz use him and maybe what else he has to unlock in his game. You think that there is another move coming of a player that leaves this roster, whether it's Capella or DeAndre Hunter or Bogey or DeJounte? Do you think that another move uh, from what this core roster is is coming and, and you know there's still going to be change to it? Yeah, well, I think the fact that all four of the guys you mentioned there feel like realistic candidates to be moved probably points me to saying yes to that question. It, it feels like this team was a little disappointed in itself last year. It was, I think, a little disappointing from the outside, too, for them to be basically a smack dab in the middle average NBA team. I think they had higher aspirations than that when they made the DeJounte Murray trade. And so I think, you know, fairly or not, there has to be a move to come here. Capella is an obvious choice because he's an aging center who's losing a little bit of his athleticism, which is kind of what makes him special as a rim protector and role man. And you have a Yeko Okongwu coming in behind him, and he seems maybe ready now to lock down that starting role. DeAndre Hunter obviously hasn't lived up to that number four pick billing, that, and I think the expectations that came with that early in his career. DeJounte Murray was, I thought, good last year for Atlanta, but maybe – you want a little bit more offensive punch than him, and he is on that big contract, and they're going to have to make a decision about paying him uh, long, even longer term pretty soon. And, and Bogey, obviously, same situation with the, the contract and, and just maybe trying to free up some flexibility there at a position where they already have uh, some skill and some shooting. I, I think of the four guys that you mentioned, Capella feels like the most likely to me to get moved, if only because some of the other guys, like Hunter especially, is just on a contract that I don't know that many people want around the NBA. And so he might be harder to move, and they might actually be stuck with him more than they decide to keep him. But it does feel like one of those four guys, or maybe even someone else, could be the next guy out of Atlanta in this attempt to revamp the roster and build a real contender around what it has. Ben Ladner, NBA writer from Fansided.com, joining me on the WaitFor.com hotline. Let's bounce around the league a little bit. Um, I saw James Harden opted into his almost $36 million deal, and now the you know, 76ers are – going to start looking to deal him can I ask again you're the expert I'm the dummy at what point do teams stop paying 40 million (laughs) dollars for James Harden to be just a very average basketball team like does there ever become a point where I know he's a great player and this that and the other but nobody wins with him and at some point can my money be spent better elsewhere than a 40 million dollar guy who all he does is come into your organization and they don't go anywhere? Yeah, it's a fair question. I, I've been kind of turning that over in my own head recently, especially coming off of, of Philadelphia's disappointing playoff loss and the way he just didn't show up in a lot of those games. I mean, he just 
it, it's so strange with him in the playoffs, and we don't necessarily need to relitigate that, but just some of the no-shows he's had in the postseason, like, I, I don't think you can just chalk that up to variance anymore. I, I think this is a real thing that, you know, whether it's because his game just doesn't scale very well in the playoffs compared to the regular season, or there's something mental that he has trouble getting past in the playoffs, whatever it is, this is a thing now. And for teams with real playoff aspirations, I think it's reasonable to look at James Harden, especially on that contract, and to say, why would we want any part of that? I think the kind of team that could – like I saw he was linked with the Clippers as a potential mm-hmm. landing spot, and they might you know, try to – yeah. yeah, and, and so I, like that feels like maybe the kind of team that could use him like as the third guy to come in and solidify the offense and maybe take the ball out of, of the, the two stars' hands a little bit more and allow them to play off the ball that sort of thing. I mean, that's, again, that's all theoretical. I mean, it, it's always it, – Harden is in a weird point in his career, too, because he's a guy that for a long time was just an elite on-ball player, but I think the limitation of his game was that he can really only play on the ball. But for a long time he was so good at it that it was okay. You could justify doing that and running your offense through him. Now I think he's not good enough to be your primary offensive engine at this point but he also can't really play a secondary or tertiary offensive role very well because of the fact that he needs the ball in his hands. And he adapted a little bit in Philadelphia around Joel Embiid. He started taking more catch-and-shoot threes. He started moving a little bit without the basketball. But I think it's just a tough fit with guys like this. Russell Westbrook ran into the same issue to an even greater degree late in his career where it's just like these guys who need the ball in their hands, once they stop being efficient enough and dynamic enough with the ball – it becomes really hard to fit them around superstar players because of the fact that you kind of have to cater to them or not get the most out of them. And that's you're choosing between those two things. And either way, you're not maximizing the entire team. So I, I actually tend to agree with you that at this point, if I'm an NBA GM, I, I don't know that I'd want to be in the James Harden business. I think, again, this is where a team like the Clippers makes sense just because it feels like they need to make a last-ditch effort to preserve their effort of, of winning a championship around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and they've just invested so much in that team, and, and they're so far down this rabbit hole with those guys and this roster that, you know, maybe it's like, listen, the, the option is either blow it up or get James Harden. Let's try James Harden and see if it works. But beyond that, there aren't a lot of teams in the NBA that I look at and say, yeah, he's going to elevate them. I mean, Philadelphia would have been the team, and we saw how that ended up. Last question for you, Ben. Um Obviously, there were some championship pedigree coaches that were let go in this offseason, the Nick Nurses and Mike Boonholzer and Doc Rivers. Is there a guy or two that you look at that you think maybe moves into the hot seat that maybe is one of the, you know, higher-level coaches? I'm not talking about somebody who you think is, you know, maybe, you know, the, the Bullets coach or something like that. I'm talking about somebody who's at a higher level. Do you think that there's a guy that – is on the radar that could be let go if things don't go right this season? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain a little bit. I mean, no, I'm not I, – I, I don't think there is like, – I think Mike Budenholzer would have been the one and he's already been let go. I think a lot of these guys have already uh, been relieved of their duties, you know, so it, it's hard to tell at this point. I, I guess Taylor Jenkins is maybe a guy in Memphis that I could see, you know, just because Memphis has yet to get over the hump. I think Taylor Jenkins is a really good coach. I, I would try to keep him if I were Memphis. But I could see a situation there if they flame out again in the first or second round um, and they don't have the kind of season that I think their number two seed last year would indicate the quality of team they are. I could see him maybe being the fall guy there and, and then just deciding, hey, we need 
a cultural reset here. We need someone else to come in uh, and, and revamp this thing. Teron Liu maybe could be a candidate with the Clippers as well. If, if, same situation. If they disappoint this year, I could see um, I could see him being kind of pointed at as the fall guy. But again, other than that, it's like Milwaukee changed coaches this offseason. Phoenix changed coaches. Um, you know, a lot of these teams, Philadelphia, have, have already made their coaching decisions. And so when you look around the league, there aren't a lot of teams or there, there aren't a lot of coaches that you feel like are on the back end of their tenures at this point, at least on teams that really matter to the championship picture. But I guess if I had to identify two, it might be Jenkins in, uh, in Memphis and then Lou in, in Los Angeles. Ben Lanner, he's a basketball writer for fansided.com. And join me on the wadeford.com hotline. Follow him on his personal Twitter page, at bladner underscore. Ben, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes in Atlanta this evening. We thank you so much, and we'll chat again soon. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me. You got it, John Chuck. We will be back. Sports Radio 1990 Game, Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at the Chuck Show. Key Studios with you on this Thursday evening. One more day to go, Day Day, then it's vacation time. Yeah, that's why I was asking you earlier. Are you going to come in tomorrow with your, your pre-vacation I, I, I on? I, I won't because I have to work all day and night. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I work my 17 hours. I got to get, I, again, I get up at 5.30 in the morning, get on my podcast by 5.45, 5.50 in the morning, Get out the door at 6.30, 6.35, work until 4.30 in North Alpharetta, drive to Midtown, which is, let's see, I'm usually here somewhere between 5.30 and 6, so that's an hour to an hour and a half drive to get down here, then do the radio show, go home, meal prep, so get my lunch packed and, and meal prep for uh, the show, and then get about five hours of sleep if I'm lucky. So, yes, I, I will be in my Hawaiian shirt uh, uh, because I have to wear my 17 other work shirts and <laughs> stuff. So um, I just will get through. Listen, I, I, I will fully admit we'll probably be throwing in the towel uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, in all honesty, I mean, you know, it's, we're, we're not going to we're not going to promise 
I'm not going to promise a Marconi award-winning show tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of throwing in the towel. So, uh, not that we don't do that anyway, but I mean, again, we 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 we'll we'll probably throw in the towel. Braves will be at home. They'll have the best you know uniforms in baseball, and um, it'll all be good. You know, um, hopefully, listen. I just hope I can stay awake for the whole thing. So, and then, <laughs> and then I'll get up Saturday morning and work. And you know, we'll, we'll be working early on Saturday morning, and we'll knock uh, everything out. And then come Sunday, we'll hit the road. Uh, can I tell you? So we're going to be up at where we're staying is in Fort Mill, mm-hmm. South Carolina, uh, because that's where Carowinds is. It's it's it, it's in it's technically in South Carolina, state of South Carolina. Gotcha. Um, but do you know the first thing I'm going to do when I get up there? So I'm, I'm going to make my daughter get up a little bit early on Sunday to get up there mm-hmm. because I want to go to Bob Evans for breakfast. Oh, okay. Do you know what Bob Evans is? Yeah. Okay. So they're out of, I think. Aren't they out of Tennessee? Well, no. I think Bob Evans is originally, let me see. Um, or, no, you know what? They might be out of North Carolina. Uh, no, Bob Bob Evans is from Ohio. Is but, it? Okay. Yeah. Um, New Albany, Ohio. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. They 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 originally uh, because I thought it was Oroville, uh, Ohio, but it's it's um, it's uh, New Albany, uh, Ohio, which is just outside of Columbus. So just outside of Columbus. Um, but no, they're they're headquartered. Oh, I, always, they're, I always thought they were out of the south no, for some reason. No, they they are they are northern. But I, to me, I, I'll argue with anybody. I, and again, I know we love our Cracker Barrel. We know you know. Waffle House and all that kind of stuff. Bob Evans has the best breakfast. Their biscuits and gravy are to die for. And and they, they have things like mush. You like mush? No. Oh. <laughs> give me give me a good piece of fried mush. And, and I'm I'm in eggs, bacon, sausage, biscuits and gravy, pancakes, mush. I'm in. So they have the best breakfast. So there is a Bob Evans in Fort Mill okay. that we're going to get up and, and, and head there early. Uh, well, I mean, not too early, but again. Right. Um, anytime my daughter has to get up before noon, it's an adventure. But I'm going to make her get up, and, and we're going to head up to Fort Mill, and I'm going to get me – I'm going to get me about $40 worth of food at Bob Evans. Nice. It's going to be eggs, bacon, sausage, biscuits and gravy, a piece of mush – and we're gonna load up. I'll I'll eat enough for her. I'll eat enough for me, <laughs> her, you, freaky, and go forth. That's nice. how much I plan to eat at Bob Evans. Nice. So anytime you know, anytime I get down to Florida, um, because they have them in Florida as well. Um, anytime I get down to Florida to see my folks, always go to Bob Evans. Oh, there's a Bob Evans like literally five minutes from where they live. Go to Bob Evans in Fort Myers. So anytime, nice. uh, and when I when I was when I was working a lot up in Charlotte, uh, we would always go. When I would go up and meet my buddy, because my buddy lived up there, the guy, one of the guys I worked with, he um, he lived up there, and we would always go to Bob Evans. Like that's, I'm telling you, it's the best best bread. Have you ever eaten at Bob Evans? I've never eaten. I've only had the you know the stuff that they sell in you know. Oh yeah, like in the, the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, the only yeah. Thing yeah, I that's ever had. that's just yeah, that's just. That's that's communist. That's just a tease, yeah, huh? That's just, yeah, that's just communist. I mean, <laughs> yeah, to not eat the to not eat the real thing, but yeah, their their biscuits and gravy are their sausage gravy is to die for, and uh, you can't beat you can't beat a fried piece of mush, can't beat a fried piece of mush. So, yeah, that's going to be uh, on the agenda Sunday, and uh, 
We'll just get away for a couple days. That's nice, man. You know? You're gonna just, you know what you're you're probably gonna sleep good that first day. Just the body, just to unwind and. Yeah, I'll. I mean, I'll sleep. Trust me. By Saturday afternoon, like when I get home, I I, I work till noon on Saturday. When I get home by about like two o'clock, because like I, I have a couple things to do and and you know. Usually I've got to you – know, sometimes I'll, like, run up to Jasper to go to Cherokee closeouts and all that stuff. But, you know, usually by, like, 2, 3 o'clock, like, I'm I've, – I've hit the wall for the week. Right. Like, I, I literally have hit the wall for the week, and, and I'll pass out for – like, it'll be it'll – be, it'll have to be, like, a three- or four-hour nap, and then I'll get up, you know, Saturday night at some point and figure out dinner or whatever. Right. Um, but um, it'll be it'll be that kind of – It'll be that kind of deal. So I may even I may even Saturday night smoke a cigar and uh, and drink a beer. Nice. Even though I probably really shouldn't, but um, hell with it. I mean, you know, it's it's vacation. It's time, vacation. So. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I think I have just a swig of Uncle Nearest left. Uh-oh. I think, I, think okay. I have a swig. There's a good story to why there's, the bottle is almost empty, um, but we can't really talk about that on the. Uh, Podcast maybe, but we can't really talk about that. Why there's only a swig of uh, Uncle Nearest left. Anyway, um, let's get to speaking of Uncle Nearest. Let's get to something we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for what's bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So I, I I have to laugh at this headline. Okay. The, the headline from ESPN says, quote, unquote, rejuvenated Bradley Beal excited to join New Look Sons. A rejuvenated Bradley Beal is antsy just thinking of all the possibilities with his, no, with his new team, the Phoenix Suns. You know why he's rejuvenated? Okay. Is it playing with Durant? Is it playing for the Phoenix Suns? Is, is it, you know, because he's got all of these teammates and all this good kind of stuff and there's a new head coach and all this stuff? No. You know why he's rejuvenated? Because he signed for five years, 251. Actually, the entire total is 251 million, dollars You know what he's due this year, Day-Day? Here's the last four years of his contract, okay? Mm-hmm. Because again, he he played last year for forty three point three million. He's getting forty six seven this year. That goes up to fifty point two million next year. In twenty twenty five twenty six, fifty three seven. And you know what his final year is? He has a player option. Okay? Four. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? I'm ready. Okay. $57.1 million player option. Hmm. $57.1. So he got out of godforsaken uh, Washington, and he did it after he signed his Fifty million per year contract. Hell, I'd be rejuvenated. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd, if I played for the Globetrotters, I'd be rejuvenated. 
If I had to play for the Skyhawks and I'm getting $47 million next year, I'd be rejuvenated. With a player option in a couple of years of $57 million. By the time he gets to the end of his contract, he'll be taking up one-third of the cap space. One-third of the cap space of a team. You see why I say that it's almost impossible to build a winner when you have a super max player and not be in the luxury tax. When you've got a super max guy, and guess what? Trey Young's a super max guy. When you have a guy like that, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, it's just you're going to be in the luxury tax. You start paying 40 plus million dollars a year, again, that's a third of it. Do you know that next year, Day Day, he represents 34.37% of the salary cap? More Jeez. than a third of the salary cap for just him. Durant's got 192 owed to him. That's crazy. What, what? Hold on. Oh, now I dropped all my papers. Hold on here. Hold on here. Everybody, talk amongst yourselves, okay? <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Well. Do you, do you know what Durant has got in his final three years of his contract? He's owed this year mm-hmm. 47649433 They have two guys, two players that take up 70% of the cap. That's crazy. Durant in his next year, the year after, I should say, not this coming year, but next year, 51-179. And his final year before he's a free agent, 54-708. Hell, I'd be rejuvenated. I'd, I'd be... Like a pig in slop. Rejuvenated. He's rejuvenated because he signed his contract, then got out of Washington. And, and not just got out of Washington, but went to a contender. Yeah. And they got two guys that are 70% of the cap. Two. I'm rejuvenated. Give me a break. <laughs> you're rejuvenated because you're getting $50 million a year. Oh, yeah, and he's playing with Durant and Booker and Aiton, and no wonder they're looking to trade Aiton and some of these guys. You got two guys that make up 70% of the cap. $50 million a year for 82 games. I ain't mad at him, but again, miss me with the I'm rejuvenated conversation. You're rejuvenated because you're playing with Durant and getting $50 million a year. Come on, folks. Come on. Are you kidding me? Rejuvenated. Like he, was at, like he came out of the coal mines, and now he's got fresh air that he can breathe in, and he's not seeing canaries anymore. Now he's rejuvenated. You know what? I can be rejuvenated for $50 million a year pretty easily. You know? 
You know, if I played for the Iranian national team for $50 million a year, I'd be rejuvenated. Hey, you know what? The Shah's not so bad. You know what? The Ayatollah isn't so bad. He's the Ayatollah of rock and rolla. He ain't so bad. What's that? I'm getting $50 million a year? Oh, sign me up. Sign me up. What's that? Putin, Putin isn't Putin's not a nice guy. He's a thug. What? 50 million a year? Hail Putin. Give me a break. Do you know how much of that 250 million is guaranteed? Do you know Day Day? All, of, All it. of it. All of it is guaranteed. Every last penny the 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 uh the one, uh, oh crap! Now I just got lost on the, the, um, the not just the forty-six million day day, not just the seven hundred forty-one thousand, but even the five hundred ninety dollars is guaranteed. Every last penny is guaranteed. What's that? I'm gonna play for you know the uh, I'm gonna play for the Chicoms. Man, those people aren't very good. Yeah, but we'll give you $50 million a year. Hey, they're not so bad. They make good products. That's what's bugging Chuckery. Oh, boy. All right, more to come when we get back. Chuckery in the Key Studio. Sports right now the game. Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.